Hello and welcome to the Weekly Confessional. I'm your host, Mark. And I'm your better host, Yesenia. Rude ass. And uh, <laughs> we are here to tell you some stories again, right Yesenia? Absolutely. Okay, so this is technically episode two because, um, full confession, we did a first episode, but it sounded kind of like we were just like reading off a script. Yeah, it wasn't that great, so we had to redo our official first one. So this is episode number two. Yes, and the stories from that one, I think we'll eventually bring them back because they were some they were some good stories, but I mean it's just it's just the way that we did it was not the best, and I think honestly, well, mine are pretty dark today, so we'll be uh, all right. <laughs> I try to mix in a lighthearted and a dark because like like we said, if you haven't listened to the weekly confessional, it's it's kind of a variety show where you don't really know exactly what you're gonna get. Sometimes you're gonna get sad, sometimes you're gonna get funny, you know. It just, it varies by week, and I try, I've been trying to, like, balance it out, because I find multiple stories, and when I write them out, I'll go back and, like, group the stories in, like, some Mm -hmm. sort of way that I think would be, I don't know, entertaining to listen to. So, last week I mentioned that D&D story, so do you want me to go ahead and go first? Yeah. Okay, so, you know what D&D is, right? No. Really? So, D&D is Dungeons and Dragons, it's a role-playing game with real people. Okay, yes, I know. Sorry. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> it's a role-playing game between people, mm-hmm. um, you know, and usually you have a dungeon master, okay? So, I saw this posted on, um, it was technically posted to Reddit, but originally it was posted on 4chan by a guy called D.Kill. Have you ever heard of 4chan? Mm-mm. It's okay. Well, so basically, it's about this guy who moves to the Midwest, Okay, he moves out there, he's about 19, and he doesn't really know a lot of people out there. It's kind of by himself lonely. So Chicago. He, okay, give a shout out. <laughs> um, and that's where he, you know, there's not a whole lot to do, but he decides that to get out there, he's going to join a D&D group. And he finds this group with this guy who's like an OG DM. Like, he's a really good DM, right? And so in this, DMs create campaigns, and then each person rolls a character... And then they use that character throughout the campaign to beat whatever it is that the DM set up. He has, in this campaign, there are four characters, including himself. There's a half-elf sorcerer, which is him. There's a paladin, who um, we'll call him Palabro. There's a wizard, who, her name's Sarah. Her and the paladin, they're they're brother and sister, so they do that together, which is nice. And then um, a rogue, who's a, he's a 14-year-old kid. He, the rogue, mm-hmm. is the DM's son. Okay. So he brings him with him, and he's kind of an asshole. Who's like, son? Oh yeah. Well, which all fourteen-year-olds are kind of assholes. Like let's okay. let's just be okay. clear. Okay. Yeah. But he's particularly an asshole. Like he would do things in the campaign that would, if you play D and D, you know that like it takes a lot of time for the DM to come up with the swords and stuff. And he would do things like try to kill the important NPCs. Or try to kill other characters because he didn't get his way. Or complain that he's not as strong as everybody else and blah, 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 blah. Like, would basically make it all about him. He tried to use his relationship with his dad to get better items. You know, the dad was actually really cool. Didn't give in to any of this crap. Cut him off at every corner. And actually managed him pretty well. And the other thing that his son would do would constantly hit on Sarah... Um, the wizard, it doesn't matter what character, he would constantly hit on Sarah and she did not want his advances. She like, she didn't welcome them and which 
strong hint for anybody listening, if somebody does not want you after you have very clearly made your emotions and intentions clear and they have turned you down, you're done. Oh, yes, I respect that. So, you know, he was just kind of doing all these things. But the campaign continued. The guy was a really good DM. They didn't want to quit the campaign, so it, they dealt with the kid. It was fine. So, throughout the, they get to know each other really well. And actually, he and Sarah start to date. So, new budding relationship. It's great. Who starts to date? Sarah and not the kid. Okay, okay. okay. No, no, no. Sarah and the person who wrote this. Okay. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll call him Decal. Sarah and Decal started dating. So, they have the, this thing called the final campaign where it's literally the final adventure. Mm -hmm. They're finishing everything Mm -hmm. off. And in the middle of it, the DM is like, I need a break because it is a lot of work DMing something that big. You plan it all. So, they take a break. They go to the bathroom, whatever. And so he, Decal leaves, goes to the bathroom, comes back, and he finds his phone on the floor. And, you know, he doesn't really think anything of it. It's got knocked down, whatever. Um, They finish the campaign, and then he goes home. Well, he realizes that his phone's not working, so he, you know, just sends Sarah a message on Facebook to tell her goodnight because he couldn't call her or message her. His phone was just not wanting to do anything that he wanted it to do. Uh Uh-huh. So... He wakes up the next day to a shit ton of messages from Sarah on Facebook of like, I hate you, why won't you talk to me, and I'm glad we're breaking up. So he's extremely confused because, as far as he knows, he went to bed, and the next day he woke up, and, you know, she's sending all these messages. So she also says that, you know, when, when he asked her why, she says, well, because you were asking me for nudes, and then after I sent them, you broke up with me. And he was like, that's impossible. My phone isn't working. So he leaves there um, afterwards. She sent him some screenshots of, like, what was happening. And it came from his number. So he's like, okay, this is some weird schnitzel happening. So he goes to the store. And the lady looks at his phone to check it. And when she looks in there, because, you know, it wasn't working, she realized quickly what the problem was. His SIM card was missing. So, once he gets a new SIM card in, he gets a message shortly after leaving the store from um, the brother, the paladin in the group, the uh, palabro, uh-huh. uh-huh. and he was, he he said, call me. So, he called the brother, you know, and he started explaining what happened, and the brother's like, dude, I already know. I know what happened, because I called the number last night. I called you last night, because I was ready to come over and kick your ass, because that's his sister, that he was doing all this stuff yeah. to. And... The person that picked up was a 14-year-old kid. What he answered a the phone. dick. Yeah, he, he knew his voice and everything. And so basically, they called the kid's dad. And the dad went into the room and took the kid's phone and checked it. And it was confirmed that, yeah, the kid, did, he, the kid pr- took his SIM card, put it in his phone, pretended to be him to get the nudes from Sarah. Not just... What a dick. What a creep. Dude. Like, he violated her privacy. So, afterwards, he goes to Sarah's house. he took advantage of a trusting relationship between two other adults. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. So, Decal went over to Sarah's house to console her because, obviously, she was extremely upset. Um, And then the kid never showed up to any of the the D&D sessions after that, but they kept playing. Um, And he hasn't seen him for... The last five years. 
But well, did the kid get any type of punishment? I don't see. He doesn't clarify that, but I'm assuming the dad took care of it because he was very clear that the dad was checking the kid every chance he got. Like he was trying okay. his best to raise okay. him, and the kid was just kind of an asshole. So. I'm assuming that him not showing up to D&D ever again was one for his own safety because the other two guys might beat the shit out of him um, because it was his brother and his girlfriend. And two, I'm assuming that the dad explained to the, like, you know, was like, I, I took care of it. I'm sorry. Wow. Oh my gosh. I feel so bad for her. I can't even imagine. That's kind of like child. No. 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 But it, it is disgusting and disturbing that, you know, even though he is a child, it does not... Ex- like, you no. you violated her, her, yes, her space, and you did so to fulfill some sort of sick fantasy. Like, what kind of person... Like, That's I would be just very really, concerned. really... That's too sick. manipulative. That's really sick. He's only 14. Yeah. He went to that extreme. Stole mm-hmm. the guy's SIM card. Oh, he planned it out. He planned it out, and then afterwards decides to call her ugly and try to break up with her. Because he he was, I don't know, in his sick reality, not reality, sick fantasy, he thought that, oh, if they break up, then I have a shot with her. Even though she made it very clear, it was a no. So, yeah. Oh, my God. I picked Poor that Sarah. story because... Poor Sarah. Because I really do think that some people think that it's flattery when you continue to hit on someone after they've made it clear that they don't want anything from you. That's not flattering. There is It is flattering initially, like... There's no reason to be disgusted by someone if they're like, if they say, oh, you're very attractive and I'm interested. Once you turn them down, it's fine. But if they keep harassing you, that's a problem. Yeah, that's way past harassment. That's just. Oh, that's. That's just disgusting what that kid did. Yeah. That's horrible. Poor Sarah. Let's go on to happier story, right? That's what you got for us. No, my dome is really bad. You shouldn't tell us ahead of time. It is. I'm so sorry. Okay. I picked this story just because I feel like this topic is hard to talk about, but it's a reality. Um, and it happens a lot more than people want to help me with the word. It's not something... People okay. are in denial about it. Yes, thank you. I'm so sorry. Yes, people are more like in denial about this type of um, things that happen. Um, I kind of went with the topic for my confessions this week, and it's more revenge. Okay. Um, so mine are a little more darker. Sorry, but um, I am going to say there is, I'm going to say some trigger warnings because this is a very hard topic to talk about. Um, this confession does have, have um, a focus on molestation oh. um, and a little bit of suicide attempts. There's not a lot of details about it, but I mean, it is mentioned in the story. Well, and especially if somebody listening has a personal Absolutely. So that's what experience. I wanted to say up front. It is a trigger warning, warning, but I do want to shine some light on it because... Um, this, um, she is a victim and she got her revenge on this monster. Um, so it is titled, I took back the power from the man who ruined my life. And it was posted by Into the Gyre 16 days ago. So it's, it's pretty new on Reddit. So I don't know this person's name. So I just named her Gyre. Okay. So I'm going to say Gyre. Okay. She has, she breaks it down into about three years when this was going on, but she starts off with a little bit of a background information. Um, she right away says the man's name, his name is Hank. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what she called him. So 
I'm going to keep the name Hank. That Hank has been around in her life for as long as she can remember. So he was a family friend. He was a church member from the same church that they went to. And this is why I thought this was really creepy. He worked in the nursery. So, I mean, um, I mean, I don't know what religion this is, but the church that I go to doesn't have a nursery, but this church has a nursery and he's supervising children in a nursery while there's a service. Yeah. When I was growing up, they, they okay. had a place for the kids to go and like, it was usually a bunch of moms who ran it. Yeah. Like okay. while the, the, I've heard of that. Yeah. It's a thing. I think it's just my church, but I know like. And the kids would go because, you know, it's a lot to stay in there in church sometimes. Yeah, so they'd let the younger and ones. And... Yeah. Okay. But he was the one who was running that. And, you know, this was obviously somebody that they trusted. The church trusted. Her family trusted. She had trusted. Um, she didn't think it was weird when he would shower her with gifts or like would take her to places or gave her just a little bit of spending money because they were so close. So it was almost like, oh, you know, like when you have an uncle, here's 20 bucks. Yeah. So, you know, like she didn't yeah, think yeah. anything of it. Um, Hank had a son. His name was Jim. And Jim was the same age as Jari's brother. And so they were good friends because they were the same age. And they went to the same church. And they saw each other every Sunday. So, so they would spend a lot of time together. Yeah, so they yeah. were really close. Um, so then she goes on to year one. So during year one, she's around sixth grade. She says she was around 10 oh, or 11 years baby. old. This is when it started to happen. Um, she said that her brother and Jim would hang out on Sunday evenings at Jim's house, which is Hank's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she's a younger sister. She wants to follow her older brother and she's that annoying little sister who just I want to be like my brother I want to be with my brother you know like they just she's tagging along yeah Yeah, it's just a sibling thing so she wants to go her parents don't see anything wrong with it her brother's annoyed by it but Hank's like yeah you can let her come over so she goes so the first few times you know nothing weird whatever she's playing video games downstairs in the basement and the boys are upstairs and Hank is just downstairs just watching her play oh that's so creepy but she wouldn't know that that's she wouldn't know. No, okay. So. Um, well, then um, one occasion happened while she was playing. He stood behind her. If she doesn't say he was pressed against her, but I'm going to assume that he was because he kind of like just like rubs his hands up and down her body. So not necessarily like any. He was still touching her with a. Yes, no. absolutely. Inappropriately. So, yeah, and she's like, I felt a little awkward and I felt it was a little weird, but I just. She just kept going. Like, you know, okay. she's Well, little, she's playing games. She's naive. She doesn't know. She's no. 11 years old. You know, and this is somebody who she trusted. Yeah. That, it's, and it's that trust factor that right. is the most disturbing part. Well, occasionally... No, he, it's all disturbing. He got a little more comfortable with it. She doesn't go into details about what he did to her. But, I mean, she's implying. I mean, you know what he's doing to her. So then he would do it more often. So then she goes on to year two. And year two is a little bit shorter she doesn't say too much about this year, but now she's in seventh grade. So Jared's now in seventh grade. And every time she would go over to Hank's house, he would touch her and he would do it longer every time. So it's like he got more confident. Yeah. And so it progressed and it progressed and it got worse and worse and worse. And it got to the point that during church, he was taking her to the bathroom and was touching her in the bathroom while oh there was God. service. Yes. Um... She said that she didn't know what to feel. She began to resist his actions. And uh, he became physically abusive. So now not only is he sexually abusive towards her, 
he's now physically being abusive to- towards this girl. Because he's a monster. Yeah. And then it gets worse. That summer, she went with their church on a camping trip. Well, guess who went? Hank. Absolutely. Hank went, and he had almost 24-hour access to her and was on her whenever he had the chance. Jesus. So then year three, she's in eighth grade. <clears throat> Hank has now progressed worse, and he's now verbally, psychologically abusing her. I mean, like, it's so, it's to the point he's so sick, he's making her wear a leash and making her crawl on the floor like a dog. And the caller says, Hank's little bitch. It's like, I think it can't get worse and it gets worse. Hank, Hank's not a human. Hank is a human name. This thing is a whole. Right. Absolutely. And like I said, this is a hard topic to, to talk about, but we cannot ignore this. We cannot continue to like well, just. Jire has a right to share her story. Absolutely. And I, that's yeah. also why I wanted to share it. Absolutely. Um, so she says that she, that's when she began to cut. She attempted to kill herself multiple times. She doesn't say how or anything like that. She just, that's exactly what she said. Um, when she was released from the hospital from overdosing, um, Hank took her to the movies and told her that he cared about her too much to lose her and so that he promised he was going to stop. No. No, he's not. He did. He did? He stopped. He well, it's already never too fucking late. did it again. And she felt free, but was still afraid of him. And slowly went to church less and less. So she was trying to, like, get away from him slowly. And even though he said it, like, she obviously, she can't trust him. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's the aftermath. Okay. She was mentally unstable. She continued to self-harm. Obviously, I mean, just because you stop... That does not stop the pain that she's feeling. Oh, she's already... The trauma's, oh, the trauma's been there. So, when she was in 10th grade, she once again tried to take her own life. And she was admitted to the oh, hospital. Baby. Um, She confessed to a therapist that she had been abused. And together, um, they tried to tell her parents. It was really hard for her. They had to take her to some type of clinic for... For her to tell, to verbally just let it out to them. Like, they probably had to work up to that. That's Absolutely. not something that she it could... Sh- so she locked it away. I can't even imagine. She's in 10th grade now. That was Absolutely. at least three or four years ago that she's she's handled this by herself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine that? No. She I, finally no. said everything. She told them everything. The police were immediately involved. Evidence was collected. Hank was eventually arre- arrested. Um... And, but she was so terrified of having to testify against him. Can you imagine having to stare into the, mon- the monster who did these things to you? And you have to talk about the things this person did to you when you were 10 years old. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I want to say snaps to Jari, though. Like, what a fucking boss. Well, she did it. She did it. She had to relive her nightmares, but she did it. He, um, these are the charges. He was guilty on one count, child abuse, third degree. Two counts child abuse, second degree. Two counts criminal sexual conduct. One count criminal sexual conduct, third degree. One count criminal sexual conduct, first degree. Um, and his, his sentence is between 25 to 40 years. Okay. So, I mean. No, that's not long that's enough. Not, I think he should be there for the rest of his life. I mean, you took her innocence. You took her life from her. But, but Jire... She she didn't let him get away with it though. Like And I'm, that's what she said at the end. She was like, My real revenge is not letting him tear me down for the rest of my life and no longer having my voice. Or anyone else down. So too. I just wanted to take that opportunity. Like I wanna encourage a lot of times victims are so scared they don't want to say anything, they stay quiet, they think no one's gonna help them, no one's going to believe them. 
And that's the biggest power somebody can have over you to the point where you can't even speak or mm. say, this happened to me. So I just, I was really proud of her. That's amazing. I know. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, this man like is the a story, monster. Yeah, the story is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's, I know the disgusting, vile, horrible, you know, and the it's worst sickening. part is, it's disgusting. is that like, that's just the parts that we know. We yeah, still, she didn't. She didn't go into oh, we, detail about anything. But I'm saying we can't fathom the horror that she went through. Oh, absolutely. And, like for the seven people that listen to this, I if you shout have, out, you're important. Thanks for supporting. If you ever have dealt with trauma like this and you still have not seen a therapist or talked to somebody about it, please do. Absolutely. I think it's important, and I, I, I don't. I've never dealt with anything near that scale, and I still have seen a therapist once or twice. Different points in my life. Like, I didn't go to them once, but, like, I went to them consistently, like, once mm-hmm. or twice. Because we all have shit to work on. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mental health is just as important as physical health. Okay. So, you ready for my story? This one's pretty yes. short. It's, it's kinda, okay. It's kind of like a bonus. Cool. Um, so, this story is about a 32-year-old woman who goes to the dentist. And as somebody who's been going to the dentist mm-hmm. for the past, like, three weeks, like, Every week because they have, I don't know where I got all these cavities from, but um, I'm guessing it's the same place I got my hips from. So, oh my gosh, dude, I, just, I, I'm having that with the dentist right now, too. That's so weird. I, okay, yeah. so, so <laughs> she's a third child, she goes to mm-hmm. the dentist, and he's a really nice guy. He's a young guy, he's you know, handsome, and you know, he made a joke to her about them being strangers. You know, she replies, Oh, we aren't strangers, you've been in my mouth for 20 minutes. And he goes, like, beat red. You know? Now, I think that joke's pretty funny, but, like, apparently it was very awkward. I don't know if there was, like, sexual tension in the air or what. Probably, yeah. But, like, that's what I'm thinking is, like, Uh if if there was any sexual tension, like, she just... You can only make that joke when it's very obviously, like, platonic. Yes. So, she, she was super embarrassed, you know, but they get through the appointment... It's oh fine. Then they have a second appointment, and she swears, like, I'm going to be a model patient. I'm going to be the best of the best. So... <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> okay, what? <laughs> so, he's working on her in her mouth, of course, and, like, doing stuff. And mm-hmm. he he's, begins looking, like, visibly uncomfortable. Like, his face is very obviously red. You know, he was kind of breathing heavy, and... She's concerned why because you know he's just working her mouth and it's been some time, and she's also confused. She's like, what, "Dude, what, what, what could I possibly have done? This I haven't even had a chance to say anything. Right? Your fingers are in my mouth. Right? And then she realizes it. Are you ready? Yes. She realizes that while he's been working in her mouth, she's been licking something that tastes like grape, and it's been his fingers. His gloves are grape flavored, so she's just sitting there absentmindedly just licking away at the the flavor. And that's why he was so uncomfortable because she's basically like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Licking somebody's fingers is extremely I didn't even know they made gloves with flavor, like flavored gloves. I know, my dentist has been going cheap on me. I'm going to have to talk with her. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So he has these like grape flavored... Yeah, and she's just licking them. She said she's never going back again, and I'm like, I don't blame you. (laughs) I would find a new dentist. Oh my 
god. It's just a short little story, but I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> he should have said something. He should have been like, by the you- way, these are grape flavored um, gloves, so we'll you taste anything in your mouth, that's what it is. I call bullshit. You should not have to clarify to somebody that they shouldn't what? lick your fingers. I feel like my dentist, every little thing that he does or puts before he puts it in my mouth, he explains everything to me. Every little thing. Oh. He's like, this is this. I'm, I'm going to put it in here or blah, blah, blah. Or sometimes yeah, he will like, wear gloves. He will tell me, I'm not going to wear a glove. I'm not going to touch your mouth with my fingers at all. And I'll be like, it's okay. Like, so I... Especially, why would you have great flavored gloves if you don't want nobody licking on your fingers then? I actually would really like my doctor to have great flavored gloves because I would like what? to know what that tastes like. No. <laughs> but get a great at the same time, I, I mean, <laughs> here the reason why is I was like, I kind of can relate to that. But like, I also thought like, just how embarrassing it was for the dentist to like be in somebody's mouth and have them licking your fingers and like I'm sure it's not the first time but like they kept doing it and then before they hit on you so now they're licking your fingers and it's just it, oh it, absolutely he's probably like jeez this lady just close so, like, thy legs said oh Christ oh my god okay that was so cute I thought it was a cute little story that it's is just a, I like that that was. I thought it was. Okay. I would. I don't even know how she survived that. I would be like, I gotta go now. Yeah. See, I, I, I get embarrassing stories, and like we've all we've all been there. But we also all know what it's like when you like. I can't. That's one of the ones where it's you think you hear about, it and you're like, that's not that bad. That's really not that bad. But then you put yourselves in their shoes. Oh, that is to- totally bad. Yeah, and then you realize yeah. exactly that. That's that's. Yeah. Ter- and I would be the one that would try to, like, clarify it with the, the dentist afterwards. And then I would make everything worse by trying to explain to them that, oh, I was just, I was licking your fingers. Sexually. I just really like the way they tasted and, like, you know, make it, like, super uncomfortable. Yeah, some things you just don't talk about. No, you just get a new dentist. So, all right. You got a final story for us? I do. Okay, so I'm staying with my theme. It's revenge. Um, This one is, I promise, not that dark. Um, Well, it depends. Maybe. So, it is titled, My Foster Parents Treated Me Like Crap. So, I Completely Destroyed a Reputation in Our Small Town. And it was posted by someone named Formal Yoga Pants One, one month ago. So, I called the person Yoga. Okay. That's it's okay? Fair connection. Or we can say pants. I like, I, I like I yoga. yoga. Let's go with yoga. Okay. I just like saying yoga. Because yoga is the victim. If yoga, yoga wasn't... Okay. Here we go. So... <laughs> Uh, yoga, um, her parents were killed in a hit and run uh, car oh. accident when she was 10 years old. Her dad was 39 and her mom was uh, 35. So they were really young. And I mean, she's really young. 10 years old. I mean, can you imagine losing both of your parents? No. At the same time? No, that's, yeah. That's, no. Re- oh. well, I don't, there was no relatives that can take her in. I'm like, really? There's not a cousin? There's not an uncle and aunt. No. That's more common than you think, though. Really? Because even if they, quote unquote, could, most of them are like, oh, I'm not ready yet. Because, I mean, it is very sudden. But, you know, you you probably come from a closer-knit family than others. But, like, you know, I'm confident that if anything happened to my sister and my brother-in-law, like, I would take my right. niece in, my right. mom. But that's really not the case everywhere. Some People don't have very many siblings. Grandparents are unable to care for the child. There's several factors. But, yeah, it's not as uncommon as you'd think. So there were no relatives that can take um, 
Yoga Inn, and they lived in a really small church-going town where everyone knew each other. <clears throat> kind of like in most Lifetime movies. I don't know why I thought about Lifetime movies. but I love Lifetime movies. I do, too. They're always small little communities. Everyone knows each other. So I was like, oh, like a Lifetime movie. Um, Well, her dad had a fortune that he was given from, I guess, his family. He comes from money. So he didn't have to work. Um, and her mom was into collecting antiques. She didn't have money, but dad did. So they had a little antique shop at this little small town that they lived in. Um, so she, in yoga situation, she would have to go into foster care. But this couple from the church, who she referred to as Mr. and Mrs. Banks, they made this really big entire speech in church saying how a little girl needs a loving home and God has given us this joyous task of bringing her into our home and hearts. So they wanted to take her in. So. So you already told me they were shitty. So I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. She said that in the title. So, you know, they're pumping their heads up in church. They want to like, you know, be praised by everybody. Um, The Banks have a daughter who they named Kitty. I thought that was a little weird. You know that has to be the name of. I don't want to say it's the name of a shitty kid. Because maybe Kitty's actually really sweet and nice. But Kitty just sounds like the name of the villain in, like, any movie that you've ever seen. Well, her name's Kitty, and she's one year older than Yoga. So Yoga's trying to be positive, and she's thinking, okay, at least there's a girl who is really close to my age. Maybe I won't I get a big sister. Yeah. You know, like, I have somebody to talk to, somebody Mm -hmm. to play with. That's what she's thinking. Right. Well, um, nope. Freaking reality check. Kitty is a bitch. Wow. See, I, I called it just by the name. Like... I knew the parents would be, sh- like, shitty, but I was hoping Kitty would not be shitty kitty, but, like, apparently Kitty shitty kitty. So, the Banks family receives stipend from the state to take care of Yoga because, you know, they're considered her foster parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also get checks from her dad's um, state um, every month, which was supposed to take care of Yoga until she reached 18 years old and whatever amount was left from... I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, like, so shook if they didn't use that money for her. Like, oh my god, did they not? No. What? She was supposed to receive the full amount when she turned 18. Well, they weren't cruel to her. They didn't torture her. They didn't hit her. Um, But it was obvious they were just using her. They were using her money and using her to build up their reputation in their town. They would put on this super fake persona in front of others, especially when the social workers came around. Um, But she was not, like, abused. I mean, not physically Mentally, I I'm think that's say abusive. emotionally. Emotionally, I think that's abuse. But she doesn't. She doesn't call that. it that. No. Um, they spent yoga's money on themselves. They bought a new Volvo. We'll take trips to NYC to buy clothes. Um, they also used the money to pay for Kitty's college tuition. But yeah, yoga had to pay her own college tuition. Yeah, that's absolute bullshit. Um, yoga's mom had a very expensive set of china that she loved. Um, and Mrs. Banks wanted to give it to Kitty for her wedding. That's a wedding gift. And yoga wasn't having it. No. And she was 17 at this time. So yoga knew that Mrs. Banks would be pissed off if she took that china set. So I'm thinking, yes, yoga, take it, take it, take it. Take it's it. yours. Take it. Well, she takes it a step further. So she came up with the perfect plan and waited for the church's yearly antique sale. Um, so per usual, the banks donated all sorts of random stuff. Many of knickknacks that used to belong to yoga's mom, you know, because yoga had mm-hmm. an antique shop. Um, and technically it belongs to yoga, but they don't care about yoga. They don't respect her stuff. Um, and they weren't shy about giving away her stuff and taking credit for it. 
So the banks went away on a shopping spree, like always. And um, Yoga boxed up the china, took it to the sale. Um, she told the church that the donation was made in the name of Mr. and Mrs. Banks. So she gave them the china set. So hmm. you have all these people coming, they're buying all these things, and they're buying the china set. So, so she Mrs. said... Mrs. Banks sees it at the well the event. She gets real pissed. She's like, I was being fair. If Mrs. Banks was really so godly, she would be delighted that such a wonderful donation made in her, being made in her name. She's like, sadly, I knew that it would go the other way because she was faker than a porn star with implants. That's what she says about her. Um, so Mrs. Banks apparently was pissed off. She was cussing inside the church. She went ballistic through the biggest fit ever. She was like, she stole these from me. These were not supposed to be here. And they're like, why are you so upset if your foster daughter came and put this as a donation in your name? She didn't even take credit. And you're upset about this. So the mm-hmm. church is like, mm, bitch, you're phony. So they caught on. Um, they were like, this, well, it's a donation. We're not giving you the money. Like, we're going to no. keep it. So yeah. screw you, lady. Um, so she was successful at making herself look like a total douchebag all on her own. And the church now thinks that she's ungodly, materialistic, and super selfish. Because she is. Absolutely. A week later, her foster parents received the package that was registered um mail from yoga and yoga's attorney so she goes further it contained a binder where she showed all the bank statements of all the money they were pulling out what they were using it for it shows twenty thousand dollars pulled out in cash it shows a forty thousand dollar car just bought because just because they fucking want to and they bought a volvo volvos are luxury like that's what she said she's like especially in our small town if you have a volvo you're all that yeah. All that in a bag oh, of chips. Yeah, beautiful. You know? Absolutely. That's what she said. And, um, but this is where I'm like, ah. It contained a warning from the attorney that they should, that if they ever try to contact Yoga again for money, they would receive a bill and a court date. So I'm like, okay, hold on. So you didn't make them pay for everything? Um, I don't think she can. The, the legal grounds really? for that. No. And here's what I'm going to say. Because technically, like you said, she wasn't mistreated, she wasn't beaten, she wasn't abused. Now, I don't understand how, who, what human beings could have a whole person living in their house for what seems like, but seven years. You live with somebody for seven years. You should develop some sort of attachment. I lived with my dog for two days and I was obsessed with her. They didn't. The day that she moved out, they didn't even come say bye to her. They, they, were, they couldn't wait for her to leave. I know, but like, I cannot fathom as a person. And oh, these people, I get what you're saying now. Yes. Like, I just cannot fathom that reality. Like, how do you not... And I know, I know that, like, this, it defies all logic. But she lost both of her parents. You know, I want to... This hits home because I want to foster to adopt. Like, that's right. my dream, my goal. And I've always, I know about the monthly stipend. And I've always thought that money, what I would literally do with it was take it and be like, let's go have fun with this. Like, let's deck out your room. Let's buy video games for you. See, let's, and, that's the thing. and I think, like, but it's literally play money. Your intentions are sincere. Their but, intentions but were... I always thought that money was literally money to make them happy. And, and you know, the stuff that they need, mm-hmm. that is a parent's job to provide. I will provide your food, your books, Absolutely. your clothing. Absolutely, you're taking them in. Yeah. You know? I think that monthly stipend should be, like, if 
if you're on a budget, I get you use that money to go 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 karting, go you know to an arcade, get them gifts. Like I just I I don't understand what person. I agree with, yeah, I know. But there are I'm working where I work. I see it all the time. There are several people who take in children, and their entire goal is to get a paycheck out of it. Yeah. And you can see it in just the way that they interact with them, and it, it it's very oh, sad. It's, I, believe me, I've read some fucked up cases about that. Well, she does have a quick little update. Oh, okay. So ten years later, mm-hmm. she's a third grade teacher. Oh. She's married to an accountant, and Sweet. she has a daughter. Good for her. She's like Kitty also became a teacher. She received uh, therapy for her toxic parents the way that they were. And they have reconnected. And now Kitty and Yoga have a really good, like, sister relationship. Oh, shitty Kitty's no longer shitty Kitty. Kitty. She's not. Good for her. That's you know, And you cannot... I will say this. We talked about a 14-year-old asshole. And, like, I was kind of a dick when I was a kid. You can't really <laughs> hold it against people for how they were with children. So I need to kind of keep that in mind. Because you're still developing as a person. I still think that I'm changing oh, even now. I was not a dick. I was just super violent. So You used to hate me. I didn't used to hate you. I, I had a bitch face for everybody. No, you told me back when we... So we met in college, people. And <laughs> when we met, okay, you told me... That you did not like me at first, and then I grew on you. Because we knew each other for, like, at least three years before we actually became friends. Okay. I think I remember that. Yeah, but you used to not like me. I like anybody. I didn't hold it against you, though. Okay, so. Um, listening to these stories, I think, is great because it does help you appreciate things you have. Um, that being said, just because somebody, you know broke their arm does not mean you didn't break your finger you know everybody feels pain absolutely so you know don't ever try to minimize it and um Mm -hmm. that's it next week uh, i have a story that i think is pretty interesting i've got one about um a dad who basically was gonna let his son die so wow yeah i'm kind of excited that's a little interesting too Mine has to do with somebody who's part of uh, the KKK. Oh. So. I'm hoping it's a recovery story, but I, I doubt it is because we don't have those happy ones all the time. <laughs> all right. Um, well, we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening. Oh, thank you. And wherever you listen, if you could subscribe or like or rate or show us some sign that you're alive because I don't know how to do that. That would be great. Love you.